have you with us today. Glad to have you with us today. We are here on a Wednesday night, and it is Bible study night here at Overcome by Faith. I am in the middle of a series, and the series is called, um, what's it called, y'all? What's it called? What's it called? How to Get Along with Mr. Money. That's right. See, everybody here knows. It's, in, I can, it's flowing out of them. They're just quiet, but they're here. Glad you're here today. We're so glad so many of you are on the way. We are thankful that you've come. I want to pray, and then we're going to begin today because we're going to talk about something that's hard for church people to talk about, and that's money. Money is a topic that church people like to ask people for. You know, they feel really uh, compelled to tell you to give, but they don't always explain some of the basic things about money. So today we're going to have a lot of fun. We'll talk about that. So let's pray. Father, we thank you for today. We pray it be fun, helpful, and inspirational, and that those who come today would find help and strength in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, let me say this. I am going to spend the next few minutes kind of reminding you where we've been, and we're going to take a journey backwards a little bit. So if you've not been here, you've missed it, you can go on the app or on our website, and you can download the notes, and you can follow us along. There's going to be a section a little bit later on where we are going to have some questions where you can ask questions. So if you want to type those questions in the chat along the way, uh, we're going to have our brother. And would you introduce yourself? Tell us who's back, back there today. Tijuana Milton. Tijuana Milton. And what do you do, Mr. Tijuana Milton? I'm the Allied Health Coordinator at Beach High School. You are, sir. But he's also a man who is a gifted. What else do you do? You have another profession. I'm a nurse. That's right. Educator. And nurse educator. He was the one who you wanted to be an RN. You had to go through him. He was the professor, doctor. And he you didn't put your title in there, man. Doctor. Dr. Milton. He's incredible. So listen, so he's back there today, and he'll be entertained. He'll be at the screen typing in your questions. And so you can use big words if you want to, because he knows them all. So don't worry about big words, OK? And uh, so feel free to do that. And uh, we're going to take those questions later on today. But let me begin, if I can, by saying to you, get your Bible open. Get your notes out. It's going to be great. Uh, Luke chapter 16 is where we're going to start, uh, verse 8, and we're going to talk about Mr. Money. Now, I want to say something to you about church people and money. In my opinion, my humble opinion, I think church people don't like to talk about money. I think they like to ask for money, but they don't like to talk about money. I am not really going to ask you for money in this teaching. Uh, we are not going to even raise an offering. This is not designed for that. Nothing wrong with giving an offering. You want to give an offering, God bless you. Thank you for it. But that's not what this is about. And again, I'm not trying to sound high and mighty because I'm not asking for an offering. I'm just simply saying, because I think that's important. You have to learn how to do that. You have to inspire people to give. But I think there's a, a misunderstanding about how God views money. And I think religious people have a problem with it. And they'll always say, well, it's not about the money. It's about the Lord. I understand that. But you can't do any of this broke. You can't afford the lights. You can't afford the cameras. You can't afford you can't afford a lot of things. So my goal is to take you on a journey and show you a principle that I think will be a help to you. There are four things I promise you in this series, four things we talk about. The first thing, as I said, if you're going to get along with what I call Mr. Money, you have to be exposed to money. If you're not exposed, you won't know. You have to have a time in your life where some way, form, or some method, you find a way to be around money. Now, the money that you are around affects your view of money. So I want you to think about this, those of you in the room and those of you watching. What's the most money you've been around? Now, think about this. Who's the richest 
person with the most money that you've been around? Think about that for a minute. And how much money do you think they had? Now, you may not know, but you guess how much money you think they got. Now, I'm not going to ask you who they are if you're in the room, okay? But I do want, I want to know, I'm not going to ask you any questions. This is just one question I'm going to ask you. If you have somebody in your mind, raise your hand. If you got somebody, the person you know with the most money you've met. Now, some of you ain't got nobody's hand up. Lord Jesus, come on. You don't know anybody with money? Anybody? Anybody with money? Okay. All right. Uh, would you mind telling me what you would define as a person with money? What, what salary um, do you think? What, 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 what's money to you? Money. What's money? Give me, give me a number. Just say it, shout it out for me. How much? How much? How much? A million dollars. You know somebody. No, I didn't say you know somebody. A million dollars. How much? Over a million in savings. Double digit. This is double digits. I'm with the double digits. Okay. Yeah, how much? How much money? Over a million dollars. Okay, a million dollars. Over a million dollars. Okay. So if you live in LA and you get a house, that's a, let's see, 2,000 square feet house, 1,800 square feet house. No, I'm telling the truth here. You're going to pay somewhere in the neighborhood, depending on where it is, around, well, over $400,000. You're going to pay maybe close, in some neighborhoods, $700,000. 18, especially if it's 2,000 square feet. So that's half your net worth right there. But you're talking about cash or you're talking about net worth? Cash. cash. You're talking about cash. You're talking about okay, cash money. Okay. My point is in some places around the country, it don't take long. Well, it does take, it don't take long to spend a million dollars. What's interesting is I was not um, aware of what money was until I worked in Beverly Hills. Now, that's where I really saw money. I saw people. I worked at a brokerage firm when I was in college. And I worked, uh, I worked in the mailroom, then I switched over, and I worked for a broker, and I was a golfer. All I did was file statements. And I worked in the office, and that's when I saw all the money these people made because I saw their statements. That was my job. Then I also, at one point, like I told you last week, I used to go and make deposits for them. And so I had to go, and they would give me four, sometimes four deposits to make a day, and sometimes the deposit would be $5 million, $10 million, million and I had to have the checks and the receipts had to match. So if I took four million dollars, I would bring back how much money in receipts? Four million dollars. And then sometimes the brokers would catch me on the way. I'd say, hey Rick, would you do me a favor and, and cash my bonus check today? And of course I looked because I had to deposit and bring back a receipt and I saw checks for 5,000, 10,000, 15,000 and sometimes um, my boss would say, could you go get me some weekend money? And he'd give me a personal check. And, and I'd go to the bank, and I'd happen to see what his balance was. But, you know, they spend that little thing around. I said, oh, Jesus, he got a lot of money in there. That's more money. I said, wow. And then he would get $20,000, $10,000 for the weekend. What did I say? The weekend. That's money. That was money to me. That was, that was a lot of money. And I'd never seen that kind of money. I'd never been around that kind of money. And I would sit there and watch them count out 20000 and I made sure it was 20000 And then I went and took it, took it to him. And he said, thank you for the weekend money. I said, that's a nice weekend. So that was my exposure to wealthy people, 
with money. And I learned a lot. I think I told you the story how I thought after I left, I was having a going away party. I thought they were going to give me some money. And they gave me them two mitts. Them two mitts, you know, you, oven mitts. What you call those things? The, what do you call them? Oven mitts. I got that right. And one said Diane and one said Rick. And that was my gift. And I thank the Lord for the mitts. Amen. Now, right then I didn't thank the Lord for the mitts. But, but my point was I learned they don't just give away stuff either. I learned a lot about that. And it was interesting how they lived and how they thought compared to what I was used to. Because money to me meant you had a car when I was coming up. Because we rode the bus. Money to me meant you lived in a house because we lived in apartments. Matter of fact, I only had a few friends who lived in houses. Most people I knew had lived in, in apartments. And I lived in them all my life until I bought a house. I want you to hear that. I lived in an apartment all my life until I bought my first house. And I, and I think it's important to understand that people have different definitions. And that, that's the challenge. If your definitions of money are too low, when you get money, you won't understand it. And you'll be confused. And I want to say church is not a great place to learn about it most of the time. Because they don't talk about it. They only tell you to give money. Am I telling the truth? They don't teach you about money. They don't teach you. They'll get up and make you feel bad about guilt, but they didn't teach you how to stay out of debt. I'm debt. I'm sorry. Let me get it right here. They get up and preach on debt, and you feel bad about being in debt, but they don't teach you how to get out of debt. They don't teach you how to avoid debt. And sometimes they'll encourage you to get in debt to give them money. So there's a whole lot of things about money that I just didn't know. I didn't understand. And so if you're fortunate enough to do as well as I've done and to get to a place where you're, you're, you're raising millions of dollars over, your, over your, your, your life and you are responsible for a whole lot of stuff and people, you'll, you know, it takes, it takes a while to, to get up to speed. And one of the things you have to learn is to respect Mr. Money. And so in this, in this series, my goal was to talk about being exposed to money Secondly, you have to understand money. So you have to be exposed to it. Then secondly, you have to understand it. And that's important. You have to understand money. And, and so who taught you about money? I want you to think about that. Who taught you? What person set you down and taught you about money? And generally, parents make this mistake. They give their kids speeches without information. You come and you ask for something, and they say, well, money don't grow on trees. I don't know, I'm not going to, I, I, don't come to me asking for, I got bills to pay. Now, here's what would help. Show them the bills and show them the money. So I'm not showing these kids my business. Well, see, that's why they grow up and they're irresponsible because they don't know anything. How can you know if you don't expose them to it and if you don't help them understand? I make $20,000. That's why I can't buy you a Mercedes because they cost 60000 now they're clear. You don't, have to, you don't have to kill their dream. Say, one day, son, my daughter, maybe you'll be able to. But right now, I make twenty-five, thirty thousand, whatever you make. And I believe there's something powerful about sharing the numbers and, and showing them and guiding them through the resources. Now, the, the challenge is what may be a little money to you is a lot of money to them, and you're afraid for them to see. But here's what, you, here's what I promise you will happen. You will raise uninformed children 
who will not understand money. And they will spend their life bleeding you. You need to share and talk openly about money. Most of us have never had anybody in our life to share openly about money. I have friends that I have money conversations with. We talk about money. We talk about what they're going to do with them. A friend of mine came into some wealth the other day uh, and a good sizable amount of money. And he said, well, let's talk. We talked about what he's going to do with it, how he's going to invest it. And, and I've had several friends do that. And the temptation is to say, well, give me some of that then, if the Lord bless you that much, right? But that's not good friendship. That's his money. That's her money. That's their money. That's not my money. And I need to be able to have people in my life who don't want my money. I don't want their money. But we can talk about money and talk about it openly. So today we're going to try to understand money. I'll come back to that. And then next week we're going to talk about two things next week. Having money and managing money. Now, that's going to be important because you can't manage what you don't have. Sometimes you just don't make enough. That's the problem. You don't, have, you don't make enough to have that car, to have that house. That's something you have to admit. I don't have enough to do that. I have enough to do this. And that's okay. One day I can do that, but right now I can do this. And so I want to talk about having money. And I'm a, I'm a, I, think, I think what I'm going to do is let y'all set the pastor's salary to next week. We might have some fun with that. That would be fun. Talk about we'll give y'all some power next week. We come in here. We're going to set, set it in motion. And I want to talk about having money from a pastoral standpoint, how it feels and the challenges of it and, and how you have to think. Now, we get there next week. We'll see if I'm going to do that. I think so. We're going to come on, come on and find out. Tune in. Okay, those of you online, don't, don't forget it now. All right, some of y'all are not going to forget that, I'm sure. Managing the money. And I'll talk about that. Uh, now, today, I want to tell a story. Luke chapter 16, verse 8. And welcome all of you that are here online. Glad to see you. Uh, let's see who's here today. Thank you. Oh, look at that. Look at that. I see Eastman said, exactly. That's right. I'm glad I'm, I'm doing good so far. But I'm going to tell you a story now. The story is, is one of the most, conf can be confusing. Confusing. So as I go through this, get your questions down, okay? And so when the question time comes, uh, we're going to let you ask some questions in the end. There is, there's a story in the Bible. It's in Luke 16. And I want to I summarize the story first because I don't know if you ever had a preacher read all the verses. Good God, just read everything. Let me just summarize it for you and then read you a small portion of the verses of the story. This is a story about the, 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 the stu a steward, a guy who worked for a guy. And the guy was crooked. He was crooked. And he was uh, stealing money. And he was awful. And his boss caught him. Boss called him in. said, I'm going to fire you. I heard you've been skimming off top, stealing money. And I'm firing you. And he said, oh, he didn't say anything. Doesn't comment. He goes out and he says, this is really hilarious. You got to read it. He said, oh, man, I can't beg. I can't, I can't dig to beg. I'm not a beggar. I got to make me some friends. So what he did was he went to all the people. And he didn't fire him right away. He told him, I'm going, I'm going to fire you. So he got all nervous, and he went to all the friends, and he said these words. He says, listen, how much you owe the master? How much you owe? You owe him 2000 Give me 1000 I'll, I'll close your account. And he went around all these people, and, and he, did, he did this, he said, to make friends so that whenever he got fired, he'd have some place to go, you see. So he went around and did this, and the master heard about it. You know, people talk, right? And when the master heard about it, I want to show you what the master said. Now, this is strange. This is Luke chapter 16, verse 8. The master commend, commended the dishonest manager 
because he'd acted shrewdly. For the people of this world are more shrewd or farsighted or clever in dealing with their own kind than are the people of light. I tell you, use worldly wealth to gain friends for yourself so that when it is gone, you will be welcomed into eternal dwelling. Whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. And whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. So if you have not been trustworthy in handling worldly wealth, who will trust you with true riches? I'm going to stop there for a minute. I went to a college professor named John Amstutz. And I was in college, and I was just struggling financially. I was paying things and getting it done. I was working full time, but it was tight. And I, I said, Les, can I talk with you about money? I said, I need to just ask a couple questions. John's a real smart guy, real gifted, you know, PhD, just one of the, the hardest instructors I ever had. He gave me too much reading. But I, I trusted him, and I sat down in his office, and he read me this verse, first time I ever heard it in my life. And I, I never will forget it. If you have not been trustworthy in handling worldly wealth, who will trust you with true riches? If you've not been trustworthy with someone else's property, who will give you your own property? Now, I want to say this to you. You don't understand that until you start leaving heritage to your kids. <laughs> you say, oh, I see, I didn't mess up their money. I don't think I'm leaving mine. See, that, if you apply that verse to that principle, you can see it. Why would you give them more if they don't handle their own stuff? Now, I tell you, that series, those series, that series of verses spoke to me, and I want to speak to you. I want you to think about four things, four things that those verses will help you when it comes to understanding money, four simple things. First of all, understand the power of being trusted, the power of being trusted. Now, here's what he said, verse, verse 10 again. Whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. And whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. Whoever can be trusted with a little. If you are not faithful with $10,000, you will not be faithful with $10 million or $100,000. Because the problem is not the money. The problem is your view and, and approach to the money. Because you don't understand it, you think, I got $10,000, I can go get what I want, buy what I want, get any car I want. You get a car, you get a, a million dollars, you'll think, I can buy a boat, I can buy a mansion, I can buy a plane, and you start doing more things. The problem is how I view stuff and how I handle stuff. Now, I don't know if you know, uh, you, I don't know if you've had this feeling or not, have you ever got all dressed up, and have you noticed when you look in the mirror, you feel different? You kind of take a second look. You know, oh, yeah. Oh, I'm working that today. You know, <laughs> you know, you ever did that? When you get money, same thing happens. You know, it just kind of talks to you. Pocket be shaking. Anybody know what I'm talking about? <laughs> Who would say, now, I'm going to see if you're going to confess this in here, okay? And maybe some of you can write, write it in the chat. Write in the chat. Those of you watching online, okay? Join us in this now. Write something you bought you know you shouldn't have bought. We kind of hit it on this last week, but I want you, something you bought, and now after looking at it, you really shouldn't have bought that. It, it was just too much. I want something that's too much money. You shouldn't have bought it. 
uh, somebody want to type something in the chat, and when you get somebody to raise your hand, let me know. Who got, who, who going to be the first in here? Who going to buy? Nobody? I told you last week I bought a vacuum cleaner. I confess that. I told you all a $700 vacuum cleaner 20 years ago. That's what made it crazy. Maybe 30 years, 30 years ago. No, it was 30 years ago. You know that was crazy 30 years ago, right? Yes. What'd you buy? A what now? A car. All right. It was nice though, wasn't it? Very nice. Felt good. Felt good. See, see, see. Now, it, when you first buy it, you feel good. You feel great. You feel excited. I see somebody said they invested in the Airbnb. I see that already. Okay. All right. That <laughs> that didn't go well. Okay. Anybody else? We got Airbnb. Anything else online? Did I see? What? 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 Yes. Phones. Phones, you should have yelled at people, huh? Just phones. Yeah, phones. I, I know what you mean. Phones. That's a good one. Uh, let's see. Somebody else put a, a, a TV set? Somebody said they bought a TV. Is that right? A TV set. All right? And anybody else? One more. I need one more. One more thing you shouldn't have purchased. You know you bought it. Come on. Tell the truth. Lay it on the line. Just, just okay, here's what might help you. You know somebody else that bought something they shouldn't buy? Okay, not you. Not you now. No, I mean really, don't name you. Name something else you saw somebody buy that they shouldn't have bought. What, what is it? Yes, what you got? In the chat, someone said credit card, Rolex necklace with matching watch. Oh, that is special. <laughs> wow, Rolex watch with matching what now? Necklace? Necklace. You go. I bet you sharp though. I bet she was, you know, you know, the only problem is when the credit card bill comes in, you go, oh, Lord Jesus, right? So all of us, if we're honest, we, we, we charge too much, we've done too much. But what's amazing is the problem is it's, it's, it's money is a trust. And when you go against the trust, the Bible said if you can't be trusted with the little, you can't be trusted with a lot. And so you want to you back up and, and, and analyze what you do with this because it's true. It, it, I thought that a certain amount of money would change this for me. I remember sitting out with pencil and paper and going over the money. Ooh, if I get this $20,000, boy, I'll be, ooh, this, if I get 20000 more. 10,000 more, 5,000 more. I remember 2,000. Ooh, boy, I, I'm going to save. I had all these things in my head. I got that money and didn't do any of that. I found other reasons to spend. My problem wasn't my amount of money. That's why I love something Oprah Winfrey says. I'm for Oprah today. She said, my money will not solve your problem. My money will not solve your problem. You can marry money. You can have money. You can end up in a place, even if you have money, because what you do with a little, you do with a lot. So what that means is you got to change what you do with a little. You have to start with the small amounts. Second thing you need to understand, the danger of not being trusted. The power of being trusted, there's power in that when you're trusted, and then the danger of not being trusted. So if you have been trustworthy in handling worldly wealth, 
who will trust you with true riches? You've not been, um, been trustworthy. And if you have not been trustworthy with someone else's property, who will give you yours? Now, I want to I mention something that I, I looked up, and this, this is going to bother some of you. I'm going to tell you now. I'm going to talk about FICO scores for a minute. And I didn't know what that was, but did you know that the FICO score is named after two men, Bill Fair, that's the F, right? And then, uh, who was a uh, Bill Fair, and then uh, Isaac, who was an, he was an engineer, Bill Fair was. And then Earl Isaac, that's the I in there, FICO, F-I, Corporation. Fair and Isaac Corporation, the short name was FICO. In 1956, they came up with a vision. They wanted to find a way that businesses could measure people's credit so that they could offer more credit. So the, the FICO company okay, uh, is a leading analytics software company helping businesses in 90-plus countries make better decisions that drive higher levels of growth profitability and customer satisfaction. Started in 1956. And it goes up to 850 and it goes down to zero. Okay, so now I want to stay up front. I know it's not always fair. I know it doesn't take into account all your circumstances. I know it doesn't take into account you got sick. I know it doesn't take into account your husband ran up to be. I know it doesn't take into account your children did it. I know it doesn't take into account they gave you those student loans and you didn't know the interest rate was 29,000, whatever it was, or 29%, whatever it was. And so I know that. I'm, I'm not blaming you. I'm not putting all the blame on you. I'm just simply saying it's a measurement of trustworthiness. It says, based on these numbers, this is the probability that these people are going to pay you back. That's all it says. And it shows a history. List everything you buy. Again, I told you it's not fair. I understand all that, but I just, just, just a point for a point of conversation. What it tends to say is how often you do what you said you're going to do, whether you were trustworthy. You went and bought the car, you paid for that car, and you took the car back, and you got another car, and you take, didn't pay for that car. Matter of fact, you don't pay for any cars. You keep them for a few years, and then you, then, then, you, know, then you get another one. And so you tend not to pay. It's not just cars, you know, people. You borrow money from people. Don't, don't pay them back. You know, you, you, they know when they come, you come that you won't pay back. Now, you're not going to pay back. You know you're not going to, you never have. And then you come and ask for more money. That's a trustworthy issue. Now, don't get offended. Don't bother. Don't, 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 don't. I, I, I understand. I understand. But I'm saying the FICO score is profound. It's profound. Now, now, I'm going to say this. Now, I'm, I'm not bragging, but I'm going to say this true. I got a great FICO score. I do. Now, I, 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 I can tell you if you want to know. I'll tell you if you want to know. I'll let you know now. But here's, here's my, here's my, I'm going to say to you. It ain't always been perfect, but it's wonderful now. And it's about 850. It's not about the highest one. 830, it floats between 837, 850. Depends on what I'm doing. And I didn't have to tell you that. I could have kept that to myself, but I'm trying to teach you something that I learned. I learned that in my life, I've always had a good habit. I pay people back. But I also had a bad habit. I didn't mind debt. Now, Diane can't stand it. So that made some interesting conversations in our life. Because I don't mind leveraging. I don't mind buying stock. I don't mind taking a risk. 
Look at me, I'm a pastor of the church. We got all this stuff. I don't, I look, I don't mind. That's why God called me. That's why I'm the pastor. You need somebody who's an entrepreneur who ain't afraid to try. But the problem is a person like me who's trustworthy, who's going to pay you back. I don't, right now, I only own my house and I'm prepaying that. So I don't have any debt outside of that. But I have had more debt and didn't worry about it. Now, why? Because I could always pay. So I was comfortable because I could always do what? Pay. So I thought, well, well if I can pay, that's why I ended up with that vacuum cleaner. Because it wasn't for $39 or whatever. That guy, you know, my member, bless me, be watching. You know, I bought that vacuum cleaner. And I, 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 I was, you know, I was happy with my vacuum cleaner until it broke. Then I had to keep paying on it, and, then, and it wouldn't work. And I had to go down there and buy a Hoover. I should have done that from the beginning. Spent $50, $80, I could have had it back and clean it. Oh, it's going to pick up the same stuff, dirt, dirt, dust. But I wanted the fancy kind to turn left and turn right and go underneath the, underneath the bed. Then when it broke, I had to go under the bed with my hands. It was crazy. So I learned that I had a propensity, I had a tendency to be unafraid of debt. And I would justify it because I'm trustworthy. Look at my credit score. Always good overall. Always never had an issue buying anything because of my credit score. And then I found out that I had a tolerance for carrying debt. I had a tolerance for it. I, I, I like, you know, I like, I like credit cards. You know why I like it? You can just splash with bam. I got one now. It's, it's, a, it's a silver one. It's a platinum and, and it's heavy. People comment on it. Oh, my God, it's heavy. I said, yeah, if you don't pay it, it's heavy too. <laughs> heavy. So I got all the cards, and, all, and none of them got anything on it. Now, that's the testimony. I couldn't say that all my life. I'm telling you now, I've owed. I've owed money. I've owed more than you probably owed. I'm happy to be free. But I'm telling you one thing I learned. I've learned, and I'll talk about this more down the road here. I've learned that debt is not your friend. I've learned that the credit card system is designed to trap you. And it doesn't matter how much money you make because there's a trap for every size income. See, I told you, see, they got platinum card traps. They got gold card traps. They got, they got all kind of traps. And they, got, they, look, they send you a little card with a little mouse on it. They got the mouse card trap. They got, they got all kind of designs on it like, like you need the design. Forget the design. You owe these people. And, and, and it, 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 for some reason, they've linked status with debt. And so you... Get the card, because membership has its privileges. I agree. I love my cards. I do, especially when they're zero. Because, but, the, but they know something. Here's what they know. If you don't save money, you will need money. Come on, say what they say. If you don't save money, you will need money. You're going to need money. So if you don't save money, here's what's going to happen. The day will come when the refrigerator breaks. The day I was in my house minding my business, minding my business today, today, today. And I realized that my air conditioning at my house was acting up. So I called the people out there to come to my house, and they came to my house. Yes, Mr. Temple, there's a problem. I said, ching, ching, I hear the money ringing, see. And then they went downstairs, and they went down, and they, they, they found this problem, and they, we got to go out to the outside unit. And so they went to the outside unit, and they, they fixed, they, they patched it for now, and they would be back to finish it off later. 
I said, now that's more money. You come one day, now you got to come back again. He said, it's going to take at least four hours. Oh, Lord, that's four hours. I'm already adding up the money. The birds was on there a couple of weeks ago. I told you the birds were on the roof, pecking on my roof, $1,700. Now the air conditioning. See, I just need to just move. No, I don't. <laughs> but you see what I'm saying? It doesn't matter. Eventually, something's going to happen. And if I don't have cash, I will end up using credit. And so I need to understand it's coming. That's why I need to be trustworthy and understand the power of being trustworthy. So that's why this verse is so important. If you've been trustworthy in handling worldly wealth, that's, that, it opens me up to other opportunities. Who will trust you with true riches? Who, uh, if, you, if you're not faithful, God, I believe that God looks at you and says, if, if you're not faithful here, remember if you're not faithful in a little bit, you want to be faithful in a lot, you're not trustworthy here. You're not going to be faithful there. If, if you, I see pastors, you want, you want a thousand people, but you don't manage ten people. If you have a small building, small house, and you don't manage it well, you won't have opportunities. So you need to understand the power of being trusted and the, understand the danger of not being trusted. Third thing I want you to understand. Well, let me give you what I call three reasons why I think people are not trustworthy. You ready? Here are three things, and this is not in your notes, so you might want to make a note of this. Number one, they don't know how to be trustworthy. They don't know how to be. And that's why I said if no one's ever showed you, no one's ever talked to you, and if you don't allow these kind of conversations, then you're not going to ever get there. You don't know how. A lot of things that I wanted to do when I was younger, I didn't know how. Simple things. I didn't know how to get up early in the morning, go to bed early. I don't understand a lot of things. Number two, uh, they're, they're, they're mean. Oh, I love this one. God, I love this. If you don't hear anything I say, just hear this one. Hear this one. They're mean to their tomorrows. If you're not managing your money, you're being mean to your tomorrow. If you don't have money today, if you have a lot of debt today, when you accumulated it, you were being mean to your tomorrow. Are you tracking with me? So that's one of the things that I love. It's one of the principles I live by. So when I get up in the morning, I try to lay everything out, like I said, I said all the time, the day before, so that when tomorrow comes, I'm done. My sermons are done ahead, so I'm, I'm, I'm fine. I'm fine for this. Next Wednesday's done. Sunday's done. All that's already done, done. It's done. So tomorrow, I ain't got to think about it. I'm nice to my tomorrow. If you don't take care of yourself, you don't exercise, you're being mean to your tomorrow because you're going to be hurting. See? So there's something you, you see. You can see. I went to the doctor. I got a great report yesterday. Sheila, I got a great report yesterday. He, you know, I had a thing. My back was kind of got on me a little bit. And I said, well, let me go in here and get this checked out. You know, I go early. If I think I'm going to be in pain at 8 o'clock, I go at 7. <laughs> I tell you, when I go to the hospital, if I go in there, take me straight to the ICU. No, no. Take <laughs> me. I want to go right where I want the best care. Whatever's wrong, I want to fix it right away. I ain't lying. About, no, I'm going to go to ICU, but you know what I'm saying. I want to get ahead of the game. That's my point. Okay? So I went. Dr. Toby said, oh, your back is fine. Your back is fine. Did you, MRI, he showed, gave me, a, I, I, I saw it on the screen. Oh, you, oh, you, you got no, you ain't got that, that thing with the curve. What's that thing with your, your spine? What's that? What's that? What is that? I ain't got that. I ain't got no scolding or nothing. Thank you, Jesus. 
it had a couple of spasms, you know, it's kind of, he's got a little, little arthritis down there, you got to watch out for it. You know, got a little wear and tear, a little wear, I'm 64, that's okay. But he said, you can run, you can, he said, don't, don't, don't do those, um, don't, don't do that. What's that, what's that, the, what you, squat, no squats. But everything else is all right, so I'm going for it. I was working out twice today, I'm going for it. I, I'm going to get in better shape, and I, cause I, but I wanted to be sure I wasn't going to break nothing, you know. When something hurt, devil said, you're dying, you're dying, you know. So I thought something was wrong. But my point, my point is there, there's this, there's, there's a, me going to the doctor yesterday is nicer to my tomorrow, if you're with me, today. Because now I know. So I'm okay. My knees, I had my knees done too and checked on my knees. Knees fine. You got a cartilage and everything. I'm doing good. And no, no, no way until I stopped playing outside on the concrete. See, I don't run on that concrete. See, my knees, I, I, I said, oh, no, the hips, hips okay. He said, my hips fine, too. He told me my hips was fine. He did. You know, they told me when I was smaller, I had one side smaller than the other. You ever had that? I, they, yeah. And they put a little lift in it when I was a kid, you know. I wore it for a little, a little while. He said, she, oh, your hips fine. Eva, you can't tell. They just fine. I said, she drew the line. I said, oh, God bless my hips. Hips fine. Back fine. Knees fine. 60 folk can still run. I'm all right. Come on, thank you, Jesus. Now, come on, amen. I'm happy about that. But here, here's the deal. Here's the deal. I've got to be nice to my tomorrow. So I got to work on everything. I got to keep working. Come on. We're working. Come on, come on, come on. You see, got to keep working because I want to be nice to my tomorrow. And when you don't manage your money, you're going to be mean to your tomorrow. See, that, that, just think about that. So I said, here's why people aren't trustworthy. They don't know how. Number two, they're mean to their, their tomorrow. They sow what they don't want. That's being mean to your tomorrow. You know you got to be there at, at 8 o'clock. You get up at 7.30. You're late. You get out of bed at 7.30. That's mean. You mean. And then, you, you repent, you, then you're speeding. And then you get a $400 ticket you can't afford. Now you got a ticket. You're late, and, and then you get five when you get there. That's being mean to you tomorrow. What you should have done was cut the Lakers off, gone to bed, taped the game, watch it later, and then been on time, got up early, got your breakfast, but you didn't do that. So you're always mean to your tomorrow. I'm helping you. Some of you said, I can go home on that one right there. Because if it's the truth, that's exactly what we want to do. You're not trustworthy to yourself. So you don't know how. Me and you tomorrow. Here's the third one. Sometimes they're just hard-headed. You look back, some things you just did anyway. I'm just doing it. And I must admit, now let's see how many of you are like this. You ready? Online too. If you were ever hard-headed, just type yes in the chat. Just say yes. Yes. I'm waiting. For some, did we get any yeses in the chat yet? All right, I'm waiting for all of you to type so I'm going to see some yeses. Now, I'm going to ask you in here. If you have ever been hard-headed, you knew better, but you didn't do better. Raise your hand. You did it because you wanted to just do it. You just did it. You just ate it anyway. I want to eat this. Thank you, Jesus. Now, I see, I see, I see Carolyn put a big yes with some lines on it. I see, I see, Carolyn. Yeah, I see, I see that. All right. Eastern, I eat, is that eating? Yeah, I see, eat more. I see yours too. All right. Now, see that, Angela, I see that. I see that, Angela. That's good. See, there are times we can all say yes. We've been like that. Let's go. Oh, look at a whole bunch of yeses. Look at it. Yeses flying all over the screen. There you go. All right. <laughs> bunch of yeses. All right. 
Now, I want to move on and, and get to the third point. So remember the three points today. Number one, understand the power of being trusted. Number two, understand the danger of not being trusted. We talked about that, not being trusted. Now, number three, you got to understand the danger of loving two masters. Now, this is going to be interesting when we get to the Q&A part. No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Now, this is where church people get real spiritual. See, there, I told you you can't love money. Now, you can't love the money now. See, you love God or the money. You got to choose. You can't serve both. There's a difference. Now, I'm going to tell you something. If you're not careful, you'll, you'll tell a lie here. How many of you hate payday? Anybody hate, you hate, you used to hate it because you, you owed it out. Is that what it was? <laughs> but if you didn't owe it out, right? But normally, normally when you get paid, it's a good day. And this, as a matter of fact, today is payday here at Overcome by Faith. This payday, so you know. Get paid twice a month. This payday. Now, I'm going to tell you, do you remember back in the day when you got paid, you had to go, and some of you men have had this experience, you had to go to the job, wait in line, and they passed out the checks. Then you had to get the checks, go to the bank, and deposit it. Now it's automatic most of the time. But I'm going to tell you, on payday, very few people were absent. Everybody, everybody came to work. Everybody dragged themselves to work, and they got in that line. Now, I don't know if you ever did this. Now, I had this happened a time or two. I remember. You get in the line, and they tell you, the checks are not ready. They're going to be ready tomorrow. We had an error. And you heard that cussing in line. You remember that cussing? Y'all better get my money. I know I got to have my, I got to pay my light bill, my rent. I mean, anybody know what I'm talking about, right? So, so there, there is something about understanding that God's not against you liking making money. God is against you putting money above him. But because you want to make money doesn't mean that you're putting money above him. You just can't make money your master. God is your master. You got to say amen if you got that. All right, here you go. And then the final point before we do questions, you got to understand the danger of loving money, which I've already said. The Pharisees, he said in verse 14, who loved money, heard all this and were sneering at Jesus. He said to them, you are the ones who justify yourselves in the eyes of others, but God knows your hearts. What people value highly is detestable in God's sight. So that brings me to my first question, and I'm getting ready for questions now. And there are three questions that I want to discuss with you. The first question is this. Can you love and enjoy the process of making money? I heard a yes already. Let me tell you something. When, um, <laughs> when I first started pastoring, and we'd have a good offering. I'd be, you know, finished preaching and everybody gone home and they'd tell me what the offering was. The offering was good. I was happy because I could pay everybody and pay everything. And I was happy. But if the offering was low, I, I tell you, it was, it was a time, emotionally. And so I, I struggled for many years as a pastor and as a Christian with the whole idea of making money. I struggled. I struggled with it. I, I felt... And you can tell how I struggled because I gave it all away. For years, I gave a third of my money away. 
And let me tell you, that was not God. That was me. The tithe was God, but the other 20%, that was me. And I think out of guilt, out of guilt, you just feel compelled to just give money to people. Just the Lord said, let me give you this. The Lord said, let me give you And you start doing this all the time. And if anything, you're trying to act like God, giving away money to prove you got it. I can come and solve your problem. Look at that, $500. Look at that, $1,000. And you start doing that. And then you, you, you feel really guilty if someone comes up to you and says, hey, can I, can I, can I, can, can I borrow? Do you have? That's a, that's a lead question. Do you have? I know I'm going to stop them right there. Stop right there. Let's not talk about what I have. Just say what you want. I want $500. Now, if I've got $10,000 in the bank or $500 in my pocket or $500 web, I'm going to feel guilty not giving it to you because I can't lie and say I don't have it. So what I tell people is, no. <laughs> I don't give away money like that. I, I do, I'm generous now, but I help. But I'm just saying, there's a, there's a no, it depends. So it, 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 and those who know me know I'm generous. But I've learned the power of saying no. I've learned that I shouldn't join in certain things. Every time you see somebody do with a sign outside, you feel like you gotta pull over and give them money. Every time somebody walks up to you, they got, see? And so a lot of that's what I call prosperity guilt. Say that with me, please, come on. Prosperity guilt. Because I've got, I've sown, I have, you don't. So now I got to feel bad for you. And I'll talk about more of this next week. That's, that's, not, that's not it. That's not, that's not a healthy way to live. I'm, I really believe, for me, it took, a, it took a while for me to come to a place where I understood I can enjoy having money. And I think it's really dangerous to have a pastor who doesn't want to have money. Honest to God, I think it's a dangerous thing because if he, that means he's going to spend all your money renovating, building all the time and buying stuff and going to, he's just, he just spending all the time. He doesn't have any concept of building reserves, saving, and as, let me just give you a little insight. Most churches don't believe in reserves. They have buildings, they believe in offerings, but they don't save. And you can see it in little things. They charge you for everything. Every time you come in the door, they have an offering. Prayer meetings, they have an offering. Wednesday night, they have an offering. Sunday, they have an offering. Um, if they call a meeting, they have an offering. It can be a meeting of the deacons. They got an offering all the time. And in some services, they got three offerings in one service. All that's a sign that we have money issues. And so it, 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 my argument would be, if I teach you faith, I should believe for us to have money, just to me teach you how to give, and I just have to believe that what you give is what we're going to live off of and God's going to bless us to, and to raise up some mature people who honor God in tithes and offerings so that every time you see me, I'm not begging for money. If you come around here, you don't see that. And we tell you, your tithes and offerings paying for it. We tell you. We tell you how, what's happening. And I think that's how it needs to be. That's healthy. I don't know if you've ever been around people that don't bug you about money. It's nice. It's a nice thing to be free. It's a nice thing to not always be hit up for something, asking you for something. It's a blessing. And so I believe God wants you to understand money, and I'm going to talk about this next week, have some. I want you to have some. That's why intensely when I pray, I said, Lord, I pray for them to give, but I also pray for them to do what? 
saved because I want you to have money. Because let me tell you what happened. When that $1,700 bird's up on my roof, I had to go transfer. $1,700. Something else happened. Cost me some more money this week. I had to transfer. It just pay for it. But see, that, that's, 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 that's the freedom. That's freedom. You ever seen the deacons down here with the, with the counting the money right here in front of you? They got to count the money right here. They can't, they can't leave. You know why? Because the pastor said he ain't got it. And sometimes the pastor's salary is in that money. Can I be real? Pastor's salary was in that money. I remember, man, I remember when we, we got, man, we first got started here. They, they paid me a hundred. You ready? You want to know what my salary was when I started? $150 full time. That was a week. That was a week. Don't be laughing at my salary. <laughs> and Don and I got the biggest argument over a raise I got. I worked hard and I was preaching and doing all I could, you know. You know about this, right? Working hard. And, and I was been running a few revivals, and then they ran out, and then I had to, you know, and I was, and so okay, so I had to go get a job. I went and got a job stocking shelves. I needed to get some money to get into an apartment. When I came, the church couldn't even afford to get me an apartment. When I came to Overcome by Faith, I moved in with Diane's mama for six months when I first moved here. I sure did, but I paid her now. I paid my way. I didn't just stay there. I sure did. And I went down, I, I lowered my pride, went on down there, graduated from college, but I had to go, look, I got a job. I got to work. I went down there and stocked them shelves. I used to always love the idea of stocking shelves because I used to be a grocery bag bagger when I was younger, a teenager. And I said, I'd love to go. I thought that was so good. Look, look, the cans, you know, in front of everything. Man, that's the hardest job for a little bit of money you ever do in your life. <laughs> that little bit of money, oh, God, I won't forget. Hurt my back and everything. I tell you, and then they got, the, I didn't know you had to unload the truck. That's the devil part of it. I thought it just the stuff just I did in the aisle way. I never thought you had to get it off a truck. So we had to go back in the back of the, of the, of the, of the, of the M&M groceries where I worked at, across from Savannah State, that's where I worked. And I remember going in there, and that dude showed me that big old, you big truck. Oh, God. I said, we got to unload that. Yeah, you got to unload that before you put it on the floor. And you drop it off in all the different floor aisles, and then once you roll all that heavy stuff out there, then you have to, you know, they gave me the dog food aisle. That was terrible. Today, I don't go down the dog food aisle. Today, I'm telling you, I, I, did, I see it, and I go, if I don't, need, I don't need anything on that aisle, I go right around. Somebody called me, I said, I see you on the other side. Come on the other side. Man, I was up 3 in the morning, 4 in the morning up there with stocking them things. And then they had the rule, you couldn't leave until you could put everything up. And I was slow. I, got, I didn't get faster, I got slower. I knew I needed to get off this job. Because, you know, you start fastening, by the time you get to the last can, pow. You know, one can at a time, pow. You know, when you start off, you do, 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 do. man, by 5 o'clock, pow, pow. And I just thought, this, this can't be. But I'm telling you, I, I, I did what I had to do. I got that money together. In time, I made a little, I, I, me and Diane had a guy, I said, the, the church gave me, you ready? They gave me a raise, $50. I went to 210, 210, 210. I said, Diane, I'm getting a raise. Hallelujah, the church going to give me a Boom, raise. I'm going to $210 a week. Big money. She said, Ricky, Tampa, 
who gets a $50 a week raise? She forgot now, but you did say it, Diane. You did. You did. I remember that. I'm still hurt in my heart. They want me to have my $50. <laughs> but we, we didn't make a lot of money back then. You know what I'm saying? So that was a lot of money. And she's right. That was a lot of money. But, I, but I'm, I'm saying that, that was, there was a sense of, of comfort and struggle that I had for years with making money. And I'm telling you, to be honest with you, God's been good to us, but I think if I had more comfort with money, I would have asked you differently. And, and I understand that, you know, people can be afraid of it, but you can't be afraid. And I'm going to say this to you. You can't have, if you got a pastor who's scared of a million dollars, if you give me a million dollars, I won't manage it, right? I'll be afraid of it. So I got to get past being afraid of money. Come on, say, I must get past. Say it, come on, say, I must get past being afraid of money. And, and, and I have to be comfortable with it. I have to be comfortable. Can I tell another story? I went some business. I'm going to tell you an amount. I'm going to tell you an amount. Don't tell nobody this. I'm going to tell you an amount. Now, I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to tell you an amount. Oh, Jesus, let me sit down. Let me sit down. Let me sit down. I never had $10,000 in my pocket, ever. Never had it. Never. Never had $10,000. I went someplace and spoke. They gave me a bunch of money. And I came. I went to the bank, put that money in the bank. And you know what I did? I drove past the bank. Then I drove around the corner. And then I went in the bank. And I went to the teller. I don't know if she's watching. And I saw a member standing at the teller was a teller. I said, oh, I can't let her see my money. <laughs> I did. <laughs> I said, I, said I, can't, I can't let her see my money. I don't know. And she didn't do nothing. She didn't do nothing. I just told her, you go ahead, you go ahead, you go ahead, you go ahead. So I let other people go ahead. So you know what she did one day? Said Pastor Rick, she said, Pastor Rick, how come you let me, you, you, you kept going past me? Now, see, the devil said, lie, 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 lie. <laughs> see, you want to lie. The truth was I was uncomfortable. So when I got the money, guess what I did? Tithed on it. Gave a 1000 over here, a 1000 over there, 500 over there. Well, you know, it was all gone because I wasn't comfortable. So God gave you another 1000 Guess what you do with that? Tithe. You know, I'm just saying, for you know it, you can't keep money. Because you think you, you're serving. You're not serving money. Just don't put it above God. Can you say amen to that? Amen. Just don't put it above God. That's all. All right. So can you, can you love and enjoy the process of making money? Yes, you can. Can you love teaching people about wealth and, 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 and spirituality of money? Yes, you can teach on that. And with joy and be happy and smile. And then thirdly, can you tell people about your success without bragging? Yes, I just told you something. I wasn't bragging. I was telling my story. I think you can do all that. As a matter of fact, I think you inspire people. You inspire people. Some of you are not inspired enough. You think you got money. You ain't got no money. You don't even know you broke. That's the sad part about it. <laughs> you don't know you're in bad shape. You need to get around somebody that inspires you, that challenges you, that believes that God can do a monthly above. Oh, you can what? Ask or think. You need to get excited about it. Glory to God, I'm going to make some money. I'm going to become an entrepreneur. I'm going to be a millionaire. I are a thousandaire. I'm going to be a better there than I am now. And I believe it's okay. It's healthy. And if you can do that, God can use you to be a blessing to other people. Well, that's it. That's all my notes, all I got. All right. Now, 
Let's answer questions. We got 15 more minutes, 20 minutes left. Get out here at 815. Somebody want to tell me a question you have about what I said today, something I said about money that you want to, want to ask me about. And then if we got anything online, if we got any questions online, let me know. Um, but if you have one, type it in the chat. If you're here in the building, raise your hand. We'll bring the mic to you. And I want to hear your money questions, something I said today that you have a question about. Anybody at all? Anybody? Raise your hand. Raise your heart. Raise your hand. All right. I must have done a good job. Yes, back there in the back. Okay, somebody get, get a microphone. Uh, uh, we get two mics out here. Um, you got one? You got that? We're going to let her do this side because uh, she, she's, a, she's a PK, so she know how she know how all this works. So I ain't worrying about her at all. I know her daddy. Where you at? Raise your hand back over there. Okay, good. All right. Grab that microphone, my brother, so if they have a question, you'll be ready for them. Right there. Where's it? Where's it? Oh, right there. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yes. I don't have a, a question, but I just want to um, commend you on telling us to save. Like you said, uh, most churches don't tell you anything about money. They're asking for money, but they don't, they don't tell you about saving money and, and maybe doing some things for yourself and helping other people out. So I just want to commend you Thank on you. that. I really appreciate that. Thank you. Somebody else? Maybe I said something today. What did I say that spoke to you? That was a really important. Something I said today that really spoke to you. It was not a question. What spoke to you? Even in the chat, type in what spoke to you. Over here in the corner. You see back there? My brother. Raise your hand. Raise your hand high, Jocelyn. So she can, okay. Yeah, so she can see you. All right, go ahead. All right. There you go. I love the statement, don't be mean to your tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that mm -hmm. really stuck out. Mm -hmm. Yes, it did. Yeah, I, I tell you, when I get up in the morning and all my stuff is laid out, and I'm early, and I'm, I mean, I, and I'm on time, I feel like I was nice to my tomorrow. I do. I, I, I'm smiling all the way there because I, I dealt with what I needed to deal with, and I am, I am, I feel like I'm in the zone. You know, if I'm ahead of my work, I'm in the zone. Tomorrow, I got a lot of taping tomorrow. I got TV stuff to do tomorrow, 8 o'clock sharp. All my stuff is done, turned it in. They've all reviewed it. I got a brand new thing I'm getting ready to do. I tell you when I do it. I say I got to check it, make sure it look right first. But uh, I'm excited. I'm excited. I got some other projects I'm working on. Oh, I've got some projects I'm working on. Whew, wow. Thank you, Jesus. I'm excited. I'm, I mean, and it's for our tomorrow, for our churches tomorrow. And I'm really excited about that. I am. I'll tell you when it happens. Can't, you can't speak too soon now, right? All right. Somebody else, something I said. Yes, online. What you got online for me, sir? In the chat, how do you decide between just saving money and buying a home? Well, what you do is if you're going to buy a home, uh, they're going to help you with that process. Because what they're going to do is look at your money, and they're going to tell you whether you can afford the home. Well, let's pretend they say you can afford the home. The question is, can you um, afford the payment? Will it leave you in a place where you're not financially able to maintain the home? If that's the case, it may be too soon for you. But I'm a big believer in owning property. I'm a big believer in home ownership. I, I think it is one of the smartest things you can do, but you have to do it at the right time. So the best thing to do is to follow the guidelines they give you regarding what you need cash in terms of, you know, your down payment and, and where your margins need to be. They, they tell you where those margins need to be. So, I, you know, look at that. And that, they'll help you. I love the process. I don't really love it, to be honest with you. I think it's kind of stringent at times, nosy, all up in your business. But they help you see your finances. 
So look at, look, at, look at your money, see if you can afford it. But if you can, if it can work, you go for it. Um, but that, the key is to make sure you can afford it. Uh, but I'm a big believer. I think you got to own some dirt if you can. It's a good thing to own. But if you're at a place where that's not going to be part of your life, then live within your budget. Live within your means and save some money. What did I say? Save some money. All right. Yes. Is that it? Pastor. Yes. You just said you didn't feel comfortable of having money, mm -hmm. and this is what I'm feeling today because now I'm experiencing having more money now. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's guilt come with it. People say, how you doing? Great. Don't ask no questions. You know, <laughs> you know, you, you know you, I, I tell people this. If, if people don't want to talk about money, there's one of two reasons why I think they don't want to talk about money. One of two. Either they are ashamed of what they have. They got so little, they don't want nobody to know it, even with $10. Or they got a million dollars and they're afraid to tell somebody because they may want it or they're going to look at you differently. And I've had to tell people, you know, when they, if they, if, I don't like to be highlighted like that necessarily. I understand it's part of the, part of being successful and part of doing well. That people go, oh, look at this house. Oh, look at what he got. Oh, look what he's driving. That's okay. I understand that's part of the journey. But you have to learn how to be comfortable with money. You have to learn how to be comfortable because I'm going to tell you the, the truth. I said this down yesterday on our date, on our date. We were on our date yesterday. You know, it's wonderful. Don't ask no questions. Great date. We was riding around, you know. And we got on this conversation, and I said, one of the reasons, Don, I believe God gives you stuff early or gave me some things early, some economic success early, so I can see what it was not. So I wouldn't be dreaming of it anymore. Let me give him a nice car, and he'll see it's just a car. Let me give him a beautiful woman. He'll see it's just, you know, she's wonderful. But I don't sound like that now, y'all. You understand my heart. I, I, I think men worship the idea of a relationship. Some men and women do that. You worship the idea of a relationship. And, and then when you get them, you realize they're, that's just a person. I'm not saying there's anything wrong. I love my wife. But, but you can deify her. You know what I'm saying? So, when you, so you over-expect over from a relationship. You see? And so I, I think a person has to come to a place where they're comfortable in their own skin and they accept what they have. And I'm telling you, a big house won't make you happy. A handsome or good-looking person won't make you happy alone. And this is the truth. Having extra money alone will not make you happy. It, it won't. You, 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 it's nice, but you need to see what it is and what it's not. A church full of people won't make you happy. Thousands of people. I remember standing at the Civic Center many times, thousands of people passing me by, hi, Pastor, hi, Pastor, hi, Pastor. And you think I just would be glowing and feeling. You know, pastors feel this way, right? If I could just get to that place. And when you get there, you realize it's not. It's like, remember you want all those children? How you feel now? <laughs> you want all the people to come to your house for Thanksgiving and Christmas? How you feel when they leave? God bless y'all. <laughs> I will not see y'all next year, or I might. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? So all that is, is, is important. So learn how to embrace your money. All right, what else we got? Comment, comment across all the platforms. Pastor Rick, thanks for sharing about Be Kind to Our Tomorrow. That spoke to me in many ways. Good. All right. Any, any other questions in here? 
today. Yes, right here. And we got one over here. So we're going to go here first, and then we're going to go over there next. Okay, go right ahead. Okay, I think I understood that when we were going into this series, and the way I've heard it where you were saying that there should be someone that knows your finances. Mm-hmm knows, I mean, the numbers, the money. So could you elaborate on that? Because are you meaning outside of your spouse? Oh, yeah. Somebody that, that can help you and your spouse with your you money. mean on a professional level? Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I, I, I have, um, <laughs> I've had lawyers who, sp- I had a lawyer ask me one time, he said, what are you doing with your money? I had a banker one time, she called me, one of the personal bankers at one point, and she called me and said, Pastor Fred, what are you doing with your money? I said, I'm giving it away. She said, I can tell. She said, you're giving it away. You are. I mean, I was just a sowing seed. Oh, I was a, a seed sower. And, and then, and, you know, when it goes, it's gone, then you, you, you can't sow anything. Just pray for God to give you more. And the Lord said, I'm going to show you. You're going to wait for that again because you didn't listen. So you need somebody to help you, I believe, understand how to use your money. You got to be careful about a professional who is only trying to sell you something. How do you Not, trust that, that person wait, that's well, see, you, you know, again, to me, I believe you pray and you, you look and you, um, I just have people in my life that I think have been helpful to me. Um, my accountants have been helpful to me. They help me understand uh, my taxes, understand what I'm doing, not doing right. I have a new person who came into my life uh, about two years ago. She's amazing. She's hilarious. Asked me great questions, you know, um, challenges me. Um, and I, you know, and it's like, okay, well, I'm gonna do this. Make sure I get this right this year. Make sure I got that all in. Make sure, you know, I think you need accountability. I just believe in that. I think it helps me do well in our church. Every month, we have an in-house accounting department, but we also have an out of out of the church accounting company that goes through all of our money down to the penny, and they ask me hard questions. What you doing? Y'all spend a lot of money now. In this area, when you, what, what are you going to do to pay off? You know, pay off it, it, you know, they challenged me to pay off the mortgage. They challenged me to make sure that I understand what I'm signing. Um, I mean, I think I need, I need that. I, I deal with millions of dollars. I need to be sure I'm not blind. And if I'm not, if I'm, if I'm, if I'm not careful, I'll make mistakes. So I need people on my shoulder talking to me. And so the danger is to get money and they don't let anybody talk to you. You'll make, you'll make bad decisions. You're going to buy a car, talk to somebody that knows about a car. The car I was going to buy, I was going to buy a car. This car, I, I, got, I told you I want to haul something, right? And I was talking to a car friend of mine the other day. He told me, you ain't gonna lose, you're going to lose no matter which way you do it. We're going to get you. He said, we're going to get you if you pay cash. We're going to get you if you make payments. We're going to get you. We're going to get you. So just get it. Just understand. You're going to be gotten. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but at least he explained to me how so I'll make the best decision. That makes sense? All right, somebody else over here. Yes. Pastor Rick, I have a question. Um, what are your thoughts on a faithful tither that spends money on expensive hobbies? A faithful tither who spends money on what now? Expensive hobbies. Hobbies. If you got the money, but see, here's what I, I'm going to say. Now, here's what I believe about this, because I've done that, see, so I understand. If, if My view now, now is... Okay, Ricky Temple, if you want to spend money on that, show me the money. Show me the money. You got to pay cash, no charges. And if you're going to spend money on a hobby, and yeah, okay, let's say I want to, I want to go on a $3,000 trip. 
okay, you going to pay cash or are you going to charge? Now, if I'm charging it, the answer is no. We ain't going on that trip like that because why are we doing that? Putting ourselves in that bondage, paying 20% interest or 18% interest. Now, and I don't even believe this is me. My new rule, my new, we don't even do it if I'm going to pay it in 30 days. I got to have the money. That's my approach because I don't trust myself. Been there, done that. You understand? So I don't mind spending on it. You can buy a Rolex watch. You can buy anything you want as long as you have the money and as long as you pay for it. I can make that car payment. But my problem is I want to make a payment. But I also don't want to, you understand? So you, you know about driving off the lot, you lose 10% on the way out the, off the lot. So I know all that's bad. So it's an expensive thing I want. It's really expensive. It is. And when you see it, you're going to say, Jesus. But it's nice. But I, I'm telling myself, I gave myself a time frame, and I'll see. And so far, it's been no. I've been thinking about it for two years. It still ain't here. <laughs> I've been thinking about it for a while. So expensive hobbies get you in trouble because you think you can afford it. And maybe you can. And, and I think if you can, enjoy your money. Do things that you can do. Don't worry about what everybody else can't do. But just make sure that you have good margins and that you don't end up spending all your cash and not have any resources in case something goes wrong. That's why I love next month the book is going to be called The Psychology of Money. I told you all that's the book. And the reason I'm talking about that book is he talks about saving for no reason. The biggest thing that I need to do is stay warm and dry. And, and I need to make sure. There's the book up there on, on, on the screen. I need to make sure that I have enough money to cover my immediate needs. And if it's sad, you, you, you know, you buy all these expensive gifts and, and something happened and you, you, can't, you can't miss work for 30 days. So did I help you a little bit? Okay. Yes. What you got online for me? We got, we got six more minutes. Go, go ahead. Yes. How do you choose a financial advisor different from the CPA? Accountability is important. How do we choose someone? I, I, I just find somebody that's going to help you. I mean, seeking you shall find, knocking the door shall be open. That's all I can tell you. I'm not going to recommend anybody, I promise you. Because I, I know I've had some that I thought I would, they were for me, but I have a little test. If you're trying to sell me something, and that's the only time advice you have. And then I, here's my view. Now, this is just Ricky Temple you're talking to. People can't help you if they can't see. If you're hiding the money and you're hiding your net worth and you're hiding what you're spending and you, you just want to, you just, you know, if you want to go buy stuff and mutual funds and stocks and all that and you just want to go buy it, that's fine. But if you want my advice, if you want somebody that's going to advise you, you got to open up. You got to you got to open up your heart and let them see. So, how to find that kind of person? I'm, I mean, um, I, I I don't know how to tell you to do that, but I because I, 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 I think that gets into you can Google it, look it up. Call. I, I like references. I like to ask somebody that knows the person personally. That's my style. I don't do things with people I don't know. Uh, I'm real big on relationships. So I would ask somebody with money or that has advisors. Uh, if you come and ask me, I'm going to say no. Don't ask me because I'm not coming. Pastor Rick, I know too many people. I got too much going on. So I don't get that kind of advice. So don't come up to the church and ask me because I'm going to say I don't know. I do know, but I ain't going to say. Okay? Because I, I you understand me. I'm one vulnerable person with thousands of people. I don't need to be doing that. But I do believe you need to find somebody in your life that can help you who's going to see the whole picture of your finances. So, for example, if you're buying, I, I give an example. There were guys I, I work with, with finances, I shouldn't have worked with them because they didn't ask me the right questions. Well, Pastor Rick, that's the whole thing, Pastor Rick, Ricky Temple, 
How much cash do you save on a monthly basis? How much debt do you have? You don't ask me those kind of questions. That means you don't know what you're selling me and whether I can even afford it. So here I am buying stuff I can't even afford, you see. And so I, I just believe in a rounded look. Up, I call it up-close mentoring. That's what I call it. All right, what we got? Online. It's putting it on a credit card for 30 days and paying it off good. No, my opinion. Because most of the time, I'm going to go 31 days. Because why am I putting it on a credit card? I mean, a credit card to me is a convenience. That's, that's how, just how I view it now. The reason, uh, here's why I'm saying this. I've been trapped before. I've been trapped and make a lot of money. I was trapped and doing well and still end up with 10000 20000 I mean, I've been there, man. I had it. But I paid it off. Thank God. Most of you can't get, can't get out of it. You get in that kind of debt, a lot of times that's it for life. They in your pocket for, forever. And so I've, I don't trust myself. I don't trust, I don't trust, I don't trust the future. Anything can go wrong. COVID is a good example of it. Pop up and all of a sudden you don't have any money, you don't have any margins. Uh-uh. No, why am I doing that? Why am I, why, if I can wait 30 days, if I can pay in 30 days, I can wait 30 days. That's my view. And Diane is definitely like that. Ooh, Lord, you just don't know. That girl definitely like that. Taiwa. Yes. What else you got? You got two more minutes. I understand needing mentorship and someone to be accountable with. Most people know information only want want to sell it. So, so how would you find mentorship? I, I think you I, I think if you seek, you'll find. I think if you live responsibly and seek God, he'll guide you to people. That's what I believe. And I, I know that's a simple, simple answer, but I, I I just believe that that's how it comes to me. I find people, um, and, and I believe that asking people that I know that are responsible financial people, but here's the key. Watch this now. Here's something I want you to be careful about. Got one minute to go. Everybody stand on your feet. You know, I'm going to get you out of here on time. Um, <laughs> and I'm going to stay. Are there more questions online before I go? Because I'll hang around for them at the end. If there are, we'll, we'll hang around for y'all online. So don't go. If you're online, I'll stay with you for a minute. Um, if a person is healthy for me financially, um, they, 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 will, they will give me guidance that is mature and solid, and it won't, it won't um, just take from me. It will give to me. And so I've said a lot tonight. I got one more sermon on this next week, and we'll cover a whole lot more next week. Did you learn something today? Amen. You did? Praise God. All right. Now, uh, before I leave, are there people online with questions before I leave? Are there people online with any questions? How it's many? more of statements. Statements. We'll tell them. Thank you for your statements. I'll read them later. All right? Thank you for those online. God bless you. Father, we thank you for this time together. We want to keep our word. Let everybody go home on time. I thank you for the opportunity to share this word about finances. And I thank you that we're going to have another several weeks of this. But on Wednesday nights, we're going to, this is our last one's going to be this coming Wednesday. So I give you the praise and glory for it. In Jesus' name, everybody say amen. Now let me tell you where we're going. Starting the first Sunday in March, we're going to start a series called Trapped, Trapped Financially. And there's a four-part series that I'm going to do starting the first Sunday in. So we have one more Wednesday night with dealing with Mr. Money, okay? I talked about that. But now starting the first Sunday, we're going to deal with Trap Financially. And it's, 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 it's a powerful study 
and we're going to look at the, what the Word of God says about unnecessary obligations, how people get trapped financially, how to get out of it. I'm going to talk more about debt and all that good stuff, and all that's going to start the first Sunday in March. And we'll do four sermons, and then we're going to be done. But I'm just doing this to help you get yourself right financially and to see a couple of things. Miss Bishop?